Meanwhile... Ladies and gentlemen, in this cathedral-like atmosphere tonight, I wish to remind you that this is a most solemn occasion for the close friends that have gathered here. That the zero hour of the 10th anniversary of our departed friend is fast nearing the end. And that the results of tonight are primarily of a personal and private nature only. No attempt is being made to sway the world or to convince the skeptics one way or the other. This is a personal gathering aiding Mrs. Houdini in completing her 10-year vigil and to aid Mrs. Houdini and ourselves to a final and logical conclusion. Nor is it expected or intended that others must necessarily agree. But this last personal attempt to contact the spirit of Houdini has aroused interest throughout the world and to that extent will the findings here tonight be publicly recorded. Everybody, it's time to put on your best tuxedo and get ready to gaze into the crystal ball because we are bringing you a very special seance for Houdini. That's right, boys and ghouls. Houdini has long, long, long been associated with this sacred occasion, having passed away from this universe on... Halloween, 1926. And, as the story goes, his very beloved wife, so very in touch with his final requests, performed for ten years after his death, seances attempting to communicate with Houdini himself. For, as we know, in Houdini's final years, he spent his spare time as a supernatural detective, writing articles about how to spot frauds and seeking out mediums across the country trying to prove once and for all that there is no way to communicate with the afterlife. And so, for today's presentation, we bring you two stories about Houdini, 
Unsolved Mysteries with Stanley Payton, originally on WLW, The Mutual Network, featuring a reenactment of one of Houdini's most famous escapes, Challenge to Death. Then we settle in the final seance for Houdini with the voice of his very own wife, present, trying to communicate. Originally released in 1959 on an LP narrated by George L. Boston, the final seance for Houdini is a fantastic way to recapture the truly spiritual nature of 1930s America. Imagine tuning in and hearing this late at night on the radio. Doesn't it give you chills? These and all sorts of other fun stuff are coming to you today on WTBC Radio. Bringing you a Halloween spooktacular of epic proportions. Don't forget to check out our blog, acronyminc.org, for all sorts of Halloween goodies. And if you're feeling very generous, pick up a copy of The Ways of Ghosts. Our Halloween ghost stories, guaranteed to make you feel in touch with the season outside your window. But enough of my yakin, we've only got one hour, so let me present to you Houdini himself, here on WTBC Radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not much more of the voice for you, I promise. In several of these unsolved mysteries, the police have been faced with the problem of a murderer who could gain access to a room locked and bolted on the inside, and then his crime committed, leave that same room locked and bolted behind him. There was one man to whom these phenomena presented no problem. Harry Houdini, the master magician of all time. And tonight's unsolved mystery is his famous challenge to death. The scene is the outskirts of Liverpool, England. At the home of Mr. Henderson, a group of guests are assembled to meet Mr. Harry Houdini. And among the guests is a Scotland Yard detective inspector who has been working on England's latest unsolved crime. I suppose, though, that you, Mr. Houdini, don't see anything difficult about the locked and bolted doors. Since you're in the habit of getting out of our police handcuffs and our jail cell. <laughs> I am not quite as bad as you make me out to be. After all, I make no secret of the fact that I get out of handcuffs and cells and locked safes. 
and all the rest of it by trickery and sleight of hand. But what Mr. Houdini means is that the equipment he uses is all specially prepared. The safe had to be brought onto the stage before the performance started. Uh, well, before the curtain went up, I had removed the strong steel springs and substituted weak soft springs in their place. And so, opening the safe was simple. I replaced the original steel springs, of course, uh, before the safe was returned to the manufacturers. Simple as that, eh? Oh, yes, Inspector. Uh, that trick is simplicity itself. And yet there are people who insist that you must be a spiritualist, capable of, who shall we say, disembodying yourself? These people who make these claims are fake spiritualists. They're just curious at me because I expose their trickery. But, uh, yes, Mr. Houdini, that what? I have determined to do a trick. One in which I shall not use a trick box or a trick rope, and I shall do it underwater. Uh, listen, I shall be placed in an ordinary packing case. It may be examined by experts while it is being manufactured so that there can be no trickery. Go on. Then, when I am placed inside, the lid, consisting of three pieces, will be nailed in place. Yes, we follow. Then the box. Or the case will be roped, lifted on a tackle to the deck of a tugboat, moved out to the middle of the harbor, and lowered into the water. But, Mr. Houdini... Wait, wait, wait. Oh, I can see every move. In one, two, two minutes and eight seconds, the box will be raised to the surface. And the world will have lost the greatest magician of the age. You, Mr. Houdini, will be drowned. No, sir. I shall be seated on the lid of the steel nailed on rope box. You'll be drowned. I shall not be drowned. And if I am, it will prove. What? Uh, never mind that at present. Tomorrow? Yes. Tomorrow forenoon. What do you mean, tomorrow forenoon? I shall do this new trick tomorrow forenoon at the docks, in the mouth of the Mersey River. I shall call it... Let me see. Ah, ah, I have it. Harry Houdini in the challenge to death. <laughs> Thank you.
Not only was Harry Houdini the master of magicians, but also he was a master showman. The morning's papers carried the story of his challenge to death. The police tried to interfere on the grounds that he was endangering his life, but arrangements went ahead. And at five minutes to twelve, on the crowded and noisy waterfront, the tugboat Elsie whistled that she was ready for her part of the experiment. The tug's all ready, Mr. Houdini. And everything is ready here? Yes, sir, we're all ready. Then... Then I suppose I'd better get inside of the box. Oh, I wish you wouldn't, Mr. Houdini. Well, I'm afraid. Oh, but no, no, no. Do not be afraid. Well, I'm just as afraid, Mr. Houdini. Now, 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 now. I am depending on you. To see that everything is done properly. Harry Houdini steps into the wooden packing case. Two burly carpenters step forward, place the three plank lid in place, and nail the lid down. With every blow of the hammer, those of the waiting crowd feel their hearts beat faster. The rope, a stout one-inch rope, is tied about the packing case. The hook of the hoisting line is slipped about the rope, and at a signal, the derrick hoists the packing case and its human cargo over the edge of the dock. Oh, my, I couldn't sleep all night. 30 seconds. Time seems to be standing still. He must have been down long enough to get out. Yes, I had time to do anything. Yes. One minute. I think we've got a hoist for packing cake. Yes, we should never let him do this. You can't do that. I have my orders, Mr. Houdini. Listen, you can't let him down after all. He's a stand. Are they going to hoist him up now? No, not yet. One minute and thirty seconds. Oh, this is awful. Quite like attending an execution. Yes, only worse. What if the packing case should slip off the hook and go to the bottom? Yes, oh, I'm fond of that. already done that and landed upside down. Two minutes. One, two, three, four, five, six. 
seven, eight. Hoist away! Dripping cases hoisted out of the water, and there, seated on the lid, holding to the rope, is Harry Houdini. The tugboat moves to the wharf. The packing case is examined and found nailed in place. Once again, Harry Houdini has been successful. Mr. Houdini, you said something yesterday that if you were drowned, it would prove something. I did. It would have proved for all time that I was not a spiritualist using my astral body to perform disappearance tricks. Houdini, the greatest showman that ever walked this earth, 
died October 31, 1926. Prior to his death, he was seeking out and exposing fraudulent spirit mediums. He boasted that there was nothing that a spirit medium could produce by way of alleged psychic phenomena that he could not reproduce by trickery. Despite this, he took no chances. He and his wife, the late Beatrice Houdini, resolved between them that whichever one died before the other, that one would try to contact the survivor. They further agreed upon a secret code. This was decided upon to prevent fraudulent mediums or magicians from claiming that they were able to contact either one of the Houdini. It was further agreed that the survivor would use every type of conceivable seance to contact the deceased. That, once each year, on the anniversary of the death, the survivor would hold a small gathering of friends. So that some message might possibly be heard. All attempts were to be discontinued after 10 years. Odini died first. His widow did not succumb until 1942. For nine years after Harry Houdini's death, she tried to reach him. Once she seemed to believe that Arthur Ford, the celebrated spirit medium, had actually reached her husband. Later, she decided she had been mistaken, that Mr. Ford had not received the real code message. There were, during those years, Almost daily reports of Houdini's spirit visiting mediums all over the world, but not a single instance could actually be proven. It is notable, however, that Houdini definitely did not contact the one living person he had loved most, his wife. Thus it went till October 31st, 1936. This was the 10th anniversary of Harry Houdini's death. Magic power, magic power. After this date, Mrs. Houdini was to stop searching. Magic power, magic power. The 10th seance was to be the final one. In charge of arrangements was the late Dr. Edward Saint. An old-time showman and Mrs. Houdini's business advisor. Dr. Saint decided the affair should achieve epic...
portion and proceeded accordingly. The roof of the Knickerbocker Hotel in Hollywood, California was rented for the occasion. Now the Knickerbocker is just about one block from the intersection of Hollywood and Vine, the movie capital's most fabulous streets. A bleacher-like seating arrangement was built which could accommodate about 300 people and fully this many were invited by engraved invitations. Sound equipment and a special lighting system was installed. Seats for the inner circle were arranged directly in front of the bleacher. As early as 7 o'clock in the evening, the invited guests began to assemble. People from all walks of life, but chiefly magicians, spiritualists, newspaper men, and others who had special interest in the affair. Up there on that roof, it was uncommonly cold. The sky above was clear and bright, with the stars shining brilliantly. It was so cold that most of the invited guests were actually chilled. Making up the inner circle were Mrs. Houdini and Dr. Edward Saint, the Honorable Charles Fricky, a judge of the California High Courts, two newspaper men, a past president of the California Spiritualist Organization, a member of the American Institute of Psychic Research, Hereward Carrington, and two magicians. One of the magicians was Carol Fleming, then president of the Pacific Coast Association of Magicians. and the other was a publisher of a magazine devoted to the concerns of the conjurers, William W. Larson, Sr.
WTBC. What's this what's called? This called? Ultra, blog. Ultra blog. At, at, at what's this what's called? Dot Streaming and download links. Playlists. Podcasting information. What's this called? Saturdays. Noon. Pacific time. On kpsu.org. What's this called? Ultra blog. What's this called? Dot Cody. And we are the, the Capital Couple. We like to talk about things that we do in the town that we live here in Salem, Oregon. And the adventures we try to get on in a town meant for families when Indeed. it's just the two of us. And we have no children. So we go to farmers markets, the library, local restaurants and shops that sell things. Parks and weird history places that exist in our town. Come and join our adventures. The Capital Couple. I had something fun to say after that, but now I can't remember it. (laughs) (laughs) You can find us at thecapitalcouple.wordpress.com. WTBC. Anyone, anyone, from our house to yours. The seance was to be conducted on a strictly legitimate basis. The tricks of the conjurers were taboo. Promptly at 8 o'clock began the regal music of pomp and circumstance. This was the last music that Houdini ever used. He had always opened and closed his act with this music. that in this last and final attempt, we are interested in Houdini coming to us instead of to a stranger. On behalf of Mrs. Harry Houdini, I wish to thank all members of the press, both local and worldwide,
I wish to thank the sincere friends in the four corners of the United States, Canada, and Europe in the forming of some 20 or more simultaneous seances coinciding with our final attempt here in Hollywood. I wish to thank the several hundred friends, trained observers, and several dozen renowned psychics and mediums that are present with us here tonight, and especially the past president of the California State Spiritualist Association present here tonight, whose kindly advice has been of great value. tonight that might aid in opening a pathway to the spirit world. Here in the inner circle reposes a medium trumpet, a pair of slates with chalk, a writing tablet and pencil, a small bell, and in the center reposes a huge pair of silver handcuffs on a silk cushion. Facing the inner circle stands the famous Houdini shrine with its doors a god. The world knows that the Houdinis were always open-minded regarding spirit communication. Houdini sought to communicate with his beloved mother after she passed on, but he found no evidence that he could rely upon. The Houdinis always believed that in their search, if you remove the fraud, what is left must be the truth. And they together were always seekers after truth. Before Houdini's death, the Houdinis made a compact that the first to go would try to contact the survivor. to open the silver handcuffs and other signs uh, if he should pass over first. 
so happens that Mrs. Houdini survives, and she made it a sacred duty to carry out the terms of the compact. The first year found Mrs. Houdini every Sunday between the hours of 12 noon and 2 o'clock, locked up in the privacy of her own room, seated in front of Houdini's photograph, waiting for some sign of Houdini as prearranged in the contact. The truth regarding spirit communication was to Harry and Bessie Houdini a very sincere and profound question. During the following years, each anniversary of his death has been devoted to Houdini. During the last 10 years, there have been times that Mrs. Houdini felt that surely Houdini was coming through, that her hopes of communication would be fulfilled. She was willing to believe, but the evidence did not stand up. At no time has Mrs. Houdini ever received a psychic communication from Houdini. Nor has anything occurred anywhere in the world that would lead Mrs. Houdini to believe that Houdini was trying to come through. The escape artist knows his faults and decides when they threaten to outnumber him. Magicians know the power of deception. It's not a lie if you believe it. And the day will come when you need to throw your hands up in the air and say, where's the Yet hundreds of alleged psychics and mediums have written in and stated that Houdini His biography's a parody of sorts An exercise in making history absurd Shining example of simplicity and virtue A golden idol to distract you from the truth Has appeared to them in some form or other In Chicago they said he walked boldly into a room Houdini was said to have written a long letter to Mrs. Houdini. His biography's a parody of sorts, an exercise in making history absurd. Shining example of simplicity and virtue, a golden idol to distract you from the truth. In Long Beach, Houdini was said to have hypnotized the medium and then delivered a message through her. But we all believe and many prominent psychics agree that if Houdini has appeared all over the world in spirit form under every kind of manifestation and doing this many times every week of every year of the last 10 years, then we believe that the great Houdini will, on this last authentic seance, come to the little silver-haired widow the little lady who for 33 years 
stood by the side of her beloved Harry, listening to the applause of kings and emperors and the world at large. Darling, I'll come back to you if it is possible, even if I have to go through hell to do it. That was Houdini talking. A few days before his death in Detroit, Houdini, in a most strong and firm reminder, again said, Let us bow our heads in meditation and prayer. Oh, thou master mind of the universe, please let the spirit of understanding descend upon us that are gathered here in the inner circle tonight. We are each in his own way seekers after truth. Please let thy spirit of understanding guide us and bring the light of truth to the many friends that have earnestly formed psychic circles and gatherings throughout the entire world. Aid us, guide us on this most important question to mankind. Spirit communication from across the grave. We ask this universal understanding in all humbleness. And we offer our grateful thanks to thee. Guide us, please. Amen. Oh, thou disembodied spirits, those of you that have grown old in the mysterious laws of spirit lands, we greet thee. We have gathered here at the appointed time. We have complied with all the requirements to enable all of you to make your presence known. Members of the spirit world have long known of the intention of this important gathering tonight. All is in readiness. Please now, the time is at hand. Make yourself known to us.
Any of you, please, manifest yourself in any way possible. Please let your united strength and knowledge aid Houdini in coming through. It is the spirit of Houdini we wish to contact. Houdini, are you here? Are you here, Houdini? Please manifest yourself in any way possible. Take from this furnace gathering any strength that may be necessary for you to use. Take any vital thing from us that you may need to enable you to carry out your promise of years ago. We have waited, Houdini, oh so long. Never have you been able to present the evidence you promised. And now, this is a night of night. The world is listening. Harry, your world, your audience. And Bessie is here. Your Bessie, who is part of you for 33 years. She's here, Harry, pleading in her heart for a prearranged sign from you. It means so much to her, to all of us, to the world. Harry, we are all seekers after truth. Please manifest yourself by speaking through trumpet. Lift it. Lift it. Speak through it. Speak. Speak, Harry. We are watching and waiting, Harry. Levitate the table. Move it. Lift the table. Move it. Wrap on it. Spell out a code, Harry. Please. Ring the bell. Let his tinkle be heard around the world. Do it, Harry. Please. Please, Houdini, we are waiting. Bessie is waiting. Oh, thou spirit. Your religion is based on love. And by that very token, a love of 33 years that have even entered into eternity. By that love, I ask that you come through with the evidence. By the love of the little silver-haired widow. By the love and esteem of the countless friends. The evidence, Harry. And Houdini. Houdini, Dash. Dash is listening in. Dash, Ardeen, your brother. Your brother has joined us with a circle. He is forming New York City, 3,000 miles away. He has joined with us to seek the truth. And the circle in Baltimore. Philadelphia is listening in. In Providence. In Chicago, Leonard, who was once a protege of yours. A circle in Portland, Maine. And in the faithful city of Detroit. In Victoria, Canada, Tacoma, Rockford, Oakland, and San Francisco, all over the world, all joining in. Come through, Harry. And Houdini, Colonel Harry Day, member of the British Parliament, has formed a circle in London, England. Colonel Day was your closest boyhood friend. Houdini, you must come through. And at the bottom of the world, Australia, the country where you made history has joined in. We are crying to high heaven, to the powers that be. We are crying in one mighty magnetic voice from every corner of the earth. And the hearts and minds of the Muttletoos are centered here tonight. We want the evidence, the truth, in the name of humanity and love. If there is communication from the great beyond, come through with the evidence. You are not just a dream. And everything was real to me.
swinging at the seance, twelve ticks, swinging at the seance, hot licks with the medium in trance, how that horn began to bend. this year lots of fun stuff we're looking forward to the future though lots of cool things on the horizon thanks again to wtbc radio for letting us have our way with their podcast all right now it's time to get back in the crypt what do you say my sweet ghoul friend wanna come on back and listen to some more records Supernatural. About it, I am willing to forfeit the sum 
of $1,000 to anyone who can prove that it is possible to obtain air inside of the process cell when I'm locked up in it in the regulation manner after it has been filled with water. Should anything go wrong when I'm locked up, one of my assistants walks to the curtain, ready to rush in, demolishing the glass, allowing the water to flow out in order to save my life. Harry Houdini, October the 29th, 1914, Flatbush, New York. Oh, Houdini, that thing keeps vanishing. What do you make of it?